0: Hello and welcome back to series two of the New Managers Club podcast. I'm Molly and I'm Sarah and today we're going to be talking about imposter syndrome which is quite possibly our most requested topic to talk about. We've had lots of messages on Instagram of people that really struggle with this and so today we're going to do our best to cover this for you. We are not experts but we both certainly have a lot of experience with imposter syndrome ourselves and we hope that sharing our experiences will help you. So Sarah for you what is imposter syndrome. How have you experienced that?
1: For me, imposter syndrome is, it feels like being not good enough to be in the room, I think, is the way that I've experienced it quite a lot. Just looking around and thinking, oh God, all these people belong here and I don't because they might find out any time that I really don't know what I'm doing. I guess that's how it's sort of come across for me.
0: Yeah, I... I have, I really resonate with that. Actually, I'm very similar in how I've experienced it. And it's funny. I first heard the term imposter syndrome when I was about, I think I was about 19 or 20. I was in my first like corporate job and um, like big girl job. (laughs) And someone that I really looked up to and thought they were absolutely incredible, like smashing their career goals and just doing really brilliantly. And she said, she just revealed one day that she really struggles with imposter syndrome. She was saying how she didn't feel like she deserved to be there, couldn't believe that she had been offered the job. She was headhunted by someone within the company and just couldn't, sort of every day, and this was months and months into the role, Could still couldn't believe that she was lucky enough to be there. And I was just sat there thinking, what? what planet is she on? She is incredible and someone that was relatively early on in my marketing career then, she was someone that I really looked up to and the fact that she was like, oh I don't belong, at the time I was just baffled, totally baffled by it. Um, but the first, and so I didn't really have any uh, experiences of imposter syndrome after that, I'd not really heard the term much um, after that. About a year ago, Ali bought me a book on imposter syndrome for my birthday and I don't know why, because I think to everyone else, alarm bells would be ringing. I very obviously have imposter syndrome. But to me, I didn't realise that I did. And so I was reading this book, like, started reading this book thinking, oh, this is really interesting. Then I read it and I was like, wow, the imposter syndrome was so deeply ingrained that I didn't realise I had it. Because they were, to me, genuine thoughts of, oh God, like, I, <laughs> I don't deserve to be here. I don't have the knowledge. I don't know what I'm doing. I think that's really
1: common. And I didn't realise that it was called imposter syndrome for so long. I just thought that I felt inadequate or didn't belong or didn't deserve to be there. I think what you were saying about, um, you know, the leader that you found really inspiring is really interesting. Because, you know, to the the best of people, the, the ones that really seem to be smashing it, you know, they can all have imposter syndrome in different forms and um, I think it's giving it a name is helpful um, but sometimes we just don't realise. We just think that we're feeling inadequate.
0: It's a weird one because sometimes I wonder that if I focus too much on labelling something and say, "Oh, I have imposter syndrome," then I'll, I'll just sort of that will be my. It's like I've got a Veruca or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, like you just sort of become fixated on, "Oh, I've got imposter syndrome. That's just the way I am."
1: So I think that actually. You're right that labelling it as something and saying I've got imposter syndrome does put you in that place of saying, well, I've got this and there's nothing I can do about it. This is just a fait accompli and I'm done. But if we look at imposter syndrome as something that um, we all suffer from, get, have yeah. from time to time, but we don't dwell on it, we move on, Yeah, that is a much more healthy way of framing it to say... Yeah, there are going to be situations in my life where I feel like either not the smartest person in the room. I don't know if I ever feel like that, <laughs> um, but you know, I'm not the smartest person in the room or I'm not the cleverest person in the room or I'm not the most experienced person in the room. But hey, and we move on and we say that's not going to stop me, then that's a, that's a healthier way of dealing with it or yeah.
0: overcoming it. Definitely. Uh, for me, I find it so just a bit of a relief to know that other people experience this. When I was reading up for this podcast, actually, I read a stat that 70% of people will experience it at some point in their career. And it it is such a weird feeling. And there are so many experiences and points in my career that on reflection, I can point back to imposter syndrome. But it, I think the bit that I find the weirdest is how like I can feel so uncomfortable and so like questioning my own skills and abilities and people on the outside are thinking the complete opposite. One particular time springs to mind where a colleague said to me, oh, you're so confident, you're so good at this, you know, everything. And I was just like, what? What?" What is she talking about? Who is that about? person they're talking about? Yeah. Yeah. And I was just like, are you joking? Like, I, I don't feel it at all. And it's it's just really weird that c- these insecurities can be so blown up in our own heads and people on the outside just have no idea
1: that that's
0: a thing. But I, I've had mixed responses, actually, on... I think I've found it so, so helpful knowing that other people experience this as well. And... Sarah, you've shared with me in the past that imposter syndrome is something that you, you've you struggled with. And that massively helped me just to feel more comfortable and like, this is okay and like, we'll work through it. But on the flip side, I've also had an experience where I've said to somebody, said to someone that I was line managed by at the time about a particular event that had knocked my confidence when I was new to a role and instead of being like oh yes we all struggle sometimes or oh no it's fine because xyz they said oh but that's a slippery slope so you're gonna have to be careful because if your confidence is knocked everyone around you is gonna see that and basically this is not not a good place to be it's like basically just suck it up and pull yourself together and so the, what a great manager yeah yeah no they they were particular how not to manage
1: people lesson <laughs> one
0: yeah but the vast majority of the time i i think i found people are really open actually to talking about this have you yeah, found that
1: i have and i think it really does help i mean i really didn't appreciate until i sort of i guess it's become a bit more talked about in recent years because you know people are finding their way into careers in very different ways now and it's a lot more acceptable not to follow the standard route of going to university i didn't go to university i got my qualification after i started work and i've always felt a little bit on the the back foot in that and it's always been something that i've felt well obviously i'm not as good as everyone else that's got Mm -hmm. a degree. and I, I've seen more and more people that actually have really succeeded um, who haven't got that traditional route into business. Yeah. And I have found, for most part, people are very encouraging, especially women, I'm afraid to say. Yeah. Although, you know, that that is a very sweeping statement. No, and but I think I there are lots agree. of guys out there that, that would be really supportive. But I think if you talk to someone about it and you show your vulnerability in that way if someone then just knocks you down instead of helping lift you up don't align yourself with that person anymore because Mm. why would you do that you know if someone can't say oh well you know that's okay work we'll work through it we'll think of some ways to help you don't want to surround yourselves with people like that you want those people that will really support you and help you get through it
0: Mm, yeah do you have any particular experiences in mind where you've had a realization that you have a you've had a big imposter syndrome moment (laughs)
1: loads
0: how long have we got um I think
1: that as I started to sort of move through my career there have just been so many moments when I've just thought god i don't deserve to be here i don't deserve to have have done this and i think a lot of the time for me it's been based in being clever i've got this real hang-up about people who are cleverer than me and people Mm. who have got qualifications and things qualifications are great but they're not everything and it's not the only reason for someone to be in the room. But that, in my head, for a long time, that was the thing. And so whenever I was in a situation where you had to sort of talk about your education or your university experiences, I'd be like, I haven't got any. I didn't mm. go. And I remember, actually, one event that I I went to where the my colleagues were... Um, Preparing for a graduation ceremony, and everyone had to put on robes with the color of their university. Um. Yeah. and I was like oh my god I have to admit that I don't have colours of a university I don't deserve to be here I'm in the wrong place they're all going to find out that I'm rubbish and that afterwards I spoke to someone about it and they said oh god don't worry about that that's that's nothing you know that's don't worry about it it's fine yeah. um but at the time I just remember thinking that's it, I'm finished, my career here is done, because I've got to (laughs) admit, I mean, I didn't lie about going to university at all, you know, but I had not, um, no one had the expectation that I'd been to university, but I just got it in my head. And I think there are just so many times, even now, when you sit in the room, especially with some of the amazing smart people that i'm lucky enough to meet and you think you know how did i get here Mm. and i think one of the things that's really interesting about people who have experienced imposter syndrome is that we all put down our success to luck or to external factors like Mm. oh well i was in the right place at the right time or i've got such a great team or oh i was just really lucky in my career and when anyone asks me how I got into what I do, it's well, you know, I, I, I blacked my way into it, or I was really lucky, or I was fortunate to meet the right people, or whatever. We never say, do you know, actually, I got here because I performed well. If I was you as rubbish incredibly as hard. yeah,
0: if yeah.
1: if we were as rubbish as we thought we were in our heads, we'd mm. be unemployed, wouldn't we? Yeah,
0: yeah, it's weird, isn't it? I. I can relate so much to what you've just said. I, I also don't have a university degree. And I remember coming into a new role and feeling everyone that in the room that I sat in did go to university and did have a degree. And there was a time when I didn't know something that I felt like I should have known that someone more junior did know. And that was such a moment for me. And I still remember it so clearly that that triggered something in me that, From that moment, I listened to an insane amount of podcasts about the area that I work in. I read a lot of development books and and lots of different articles and topics in the area that I work in because that stuck with me so much that I never wanted to be in a position again where I wasn't knowledgeable or I didn't know. And that was just looking back, I don't know if that falls under imposter syndrome or just being massively insecure, but I was like, I felt so embarrassed by the fact that I was also in a very junior role, but someone more junior than me knew something that I didn't. And I was like, oh, God, I don't have a degree. I'm going to really have to, like, pull my weight here and do all this extra stuff. And I still do it now. I'm so hard on myself in the professional development that I push myself to do because I'm like, well, I don't have a degree. And that for most of the most of my career has not impacted my opportunities or my, it, you know, it's never, ever impacted my day-to-day abilities in my role is on occasion it's impacted the doors that are open there are some companies that will not hire someone in marketing without a degree which is a whole other topic but you do have a fantastic marketing qualification i do i do (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah i know it's it's interesting that that feeling of insecurity that comes from what sort of education you've had triggers down into other things and feelings of insecurity when like you can't by just by working with someone if they hadn't told you that they'd been to university like you'd have no idea would you wouldn't
1: necessarily know Mm. no and I think you know for people who do and have that qualification that's fantastic um I just didn't and you know I think if you reframe the whole idea of imposter syndrome though this is where we can really make it work for us and serve us well in that it drives us to keep learning. It drives mm. us to put ourselves out there. If, if you're listening to this and you're thinking, I've been in this situation loads of times. Well, brilliant for you, because what you've done is you've been in it and you've worked through it and you've come out the other side.
0: Mm. And that
1: builds resilience. And that means that we are... Learning, we're developing, we're growing. And if we don't put ourselves in those situations where sometimes we feel out of our depth or where we feel um, that actually I don't know everything I need to know here, then we don't progress. We just stay in our comfort zone and Mm -hmm. stagnate. So there's a really positive way of thinking about imposter syndrome and how it can work for us and help us to develop. Mm,
0: yeah I really like that idea about using I mean it's it.
1: kept the self-help book <laughs> business going for the last however many years. Yeah. I don't know about you but every time a new book comes out oh, I'm on it because sure. yeah. it's going to change my life.
0: Yeah I've just seen a new one advertised actually on imposter syndrome I think it's like beyond imposter syndrome or something like that. Right. It just keeps like, you're getting audible Facebook ads for, but you're absolutely right. I think it's good to focus on the positives and it's definitely pushed me. I know for sure that it's pushed me to do more with my career development, push myself to do new things like this podcast is one of them. It's not, It doesn't come naturally to me to speak on these sorts of things and put my thoughts out into the world for everyone to listen to and have opinions on or judge, but Um, It's one of those things it's pushed me to do, for sure.
1: We're living imposter syndrome right now because we're recording a podcast. You and me, Molly, we're recording a podcast. (laughs) And maybe, you know, Mm -hmm. and part of me is thinking, well, who am I to
0: record a podcast? Who wants to listen to me jabbering Mm -hmm. away? But... But it's funny, though, because I, knowing you, I know that you've got so much value to add to people listening. From your experiences and your everything that you've done, I know that there's so much value. And, like, yes, you should be on a podcast. You should be running your own podcast. You should have your own TV show on <laughs> developing your career. And Thank you. I'll pay you later. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it comes back to that how we perceive ourselves versus how everyone else is looking at us i wonder if there are things that maybe we could implement more regularly to help with that do you think things like 360 reviews that sort of thing is that helpful do you think difficult to say it can be it can be
1: it depends how it's how it's carried out and how the feedback is given sometimes they can be a really crushing personality experience (laughs) Yeah. um and sometimes they can give you really good guidance on things that you can do sometimes things like um personality profiling can be better mm. at highlighting um things that you might do um to improve or develop yeah. um so um i'm a big fan of the um insights discovery yeah discovery insights i never know which way round those two words go um but you know we use that a lot don't we and we've mm. both done that yeah. that thing and that's really good at showing you what you're good at as mm. well as
0: yeah do you know what you're right actually and i think thinking back to that that verse is when i've asked someone for feedback directly so that um insight discovery um review is It came across in a way where I wasn't offended by the recommendations that it made. It really focused on the positives and what you might want to just be aware of. M- what you might want to tweak but I, I think sometimes i can overanalyze the slightest bit of criticism and think well i need to change my whole life my whole personality <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And i but, need to go out and have plastic surgery and change everything about my life yeah absolutely yeah. but yeah. this um insight discovery was done in a way that is actually really really helpful so yeah i'd also highly recommend that but yeah it's a great
1: tool it's a I, great tool
0: I think you're right in that, you know, with the whole 360 asking people for feedback. <laughs> it's it is a difficult one, isn't it? Because although sometimes people can see you in such a positive light, if you're asking for feedback sometimes I think people like default to thinking you want something sort of criticism that you can improve on. And I remember recently actually asked for feedback on something and <laughs> I was sort of expecting them to be like, "Oh no, it's great you covered everything you needed to do." And actually they pinpointed something that I wasn't expecting them to something that they weren't sure about in my skills and abilities and I got off the corner I was so angry I was like how did they not know that I was good at that I have all (laughs) this experience and it it, that's the sort of opposite of imposter syndrome inside me I guess where I was like of course I can do that of course I have this experience but I obviously hadn't portrayed it in a way during that you know 30 minute meeting that I did have those skills and experience and I was just a bit like oh <laughs> how dare <old> they <laughs> but whereas this sort of formal color works inside discovery is, is is a very gentle way i think to pull out the bits that you can improve on and
1: yeah but when someone gave you feedback
0: mm. that
1: highlighted stuff that they felt in their mm. opinion wasn't your strong point it then encouraged you to think about all of the good stuff that yeah. you do. doing hey but i'm good at this and i'm good at this and i'm good at this and that's right and Mm. i think looking for evidence you know if you're you're sitting there thinking i'm rubbish i can't Mm. do this whatever look for evidence that says you're rubbish look for things that say actually you're not performing if you're not performing if you're not really good enough to be in the role you're in Mm. You'll know, and everyone else will know about it. It's not going to be a secret. You, you Mm. know, I'm not sure that I buy into the whole "fake it till you make it" thing, but you know, sometimes there's a lot to be said for, you know, putting a smile on your face and just getting on with it. But if you genuinely don't know how to do a job and you're not willing to learn how to do a job, Mm. then yeah, that you're going to get found out. But if if you don't know how to do something and you're willing to learn, then you'll be able to do it.
0: Yeah, I love that actually that you've touched on there about the willingness to learn. It doesn't matter if you don't know everything, but just yeah, being open to the fact that you don't know everything and can learn and can keep developing. Don't you think that is a big step in being a manager,
1: though? Mm-hmm. Because you said earlier on about someone um, that you were working with who knew something you didn't. Mm -hmm. have you found as you've sort of gone up the management tree that is there a management tree I don't know is there a ladder tree I don't know (laughs) as you've as you've progressed in management do you find more and more that there are things that actually your team are doing that you don't know how to do and you have to just live with that and you have to just accept it
0: because you don't need to know how to do it because you're the manager Mm. but it comes really hard doesn't it it's, general, it's a weird one, actually. I think I struggled more with it when I was in junior roles, but now I'm in a management role. Like, it doesn't bother me at all, actually, if someone in my team knows something that I don't. I'm just like, yes, thank God someone here knows what they're <laughs> Someone knows about. what they're doing, thank <laughs> God. Yeah, that's a different sort of imposter syndrome
1: altogether, <laughs> isn't it? Thank the Lord someone knows what they're doing.
0: Yeah, but no, I almost have these, like... Which is weird, because I think... Maybe if I'd become a manager when I was younger, I would have. I would. Have, I think there was potential to, for my insecurities to pull into that, and I have seen that in others. Actually, their insecurities having a negative impact on people that are really bright and know what they're doing in their teams.
1: It leads to micromanagement, doesn't it?
0: Mm, yeah, but no, I'm quite lucky that instead of I don't, I don't have those feelings of insecurities which I might have at some point. But I just sort of have this like almost it's like those proud mum moments when my boys do something great I'm just like yes you're doing so good like I'm so pleased that the team's doing well yeah. ultimately we're all driving for the same thing how amazing is that Yeah, I think I, do. I when sometimes when criticism or remarks or like why wasn't this done by people outside of my immediate team sometimes I can go a bit on the defensive and being initially why well, have they said that but then you know taking time to sort of reflect and being like oh no actually like Is this a big deal? You know? Um, But I also really like that bit that you touched on about looking at the facts. Like, is this really, am I really bad at my job? Or is this all just in my head? And something that I did actually, um, when I was interviewing for new roles and something I've done actually right from the beginning of my career, is I show a deck portfolio of all my work and in that is a slide with all the feedback that I've had. and. It's not something I look back on on a regular basis, but when I go to show my work in an interview, I'm like, oh, you know, it's done all right. <laughs> yeah. Some great results there. It's all okay. So, yeah, I, I really like that
1: idea. It's like having a, a a little portfolio or a toolkit of things that are going to help you when you are hit with those moments and that you can go to that and say, no, it's okay, I can do this. I have got um, this. Um And that if you're someone, you know, some people need external verification like that. Some people can do it internally and just, you know, tell themselves it's going to be fine. I can do this. But having that toolkit of of stuff that you've done well and keeping copies of feedback. I've got feedback going back years of stuff um, because it's just really handy. I was going through some old papers the other day and I found something from about 10 years ago where someone had sent an email to my boss saying, just wanted to say how great Sarah was, and it's like, oh, that's really that's nice. I almost framed it and put it on the wall, um, but you know, it's it's useful. To, to get that and that again leads to another thing which we'll probably come on to talk about in another podcast but about giving feedback to your team
0: Mm-mm. and
1: making sure that you are helping them get that verification that they're doing okay
0: yeah do you find that as a manager well, now you're a senior leader in a company do you find that you get far less feedback now
1: yeah I guess I do yeah um because I, I guess people are just less inclined Mm -hmm. i do do try and encourage it and i really am a great believer i don't think feedback has to be a big deal or formal but uh, when someone does something that i really like i really like to tell them in the moment Uh and say to them you know that was great i really loved it when you did that thing Mm -hmm. so keep doing that that's brilliant and i've found that then people just respond really well to that and you can't really recapture that by going back to your desk and sending them you can do that as well Mm -hmm. but yeah I think um yes and I think I do I think I do and that can make it quite difficult because I guess when you're more senior in an organization people are less likely to say well you're a bit rubbish at that (laughs) weren't you um luckily my my line manager is quite good at doing that but uh, but you know it's yeah it can be difficult and you have to perhaps invite it a bit more or Mm. look at other ways of of getting that and and look at things like coaching and mentoring Mm.
0: yeah that's interesting because i that's something i've definitely picked up on is i'd get to in the company that we work for we have a, a system where feedback can be sort of formally locked. and to be honest that's only really what i had in my mind i hadn't sort of had in mind these small bits of feedback verbally but when I was in more junior positions I used to get feedback come through all the time but now I don't know I've maybe had one in the year I've been in the management role and yeah sometimes I and i I think that's something that I don't know is part of imposter syndrome or something else to work on but um sort of as uh, progressing through my career I find that I place so much value and get so much from like external validation I feel like I need that quite frequently to keep the imposter syndrome at bay but I'm hoping to develop and something I've not yet figured out is how I get that myself where I don't need this external validation I don't need someone else to be like oh you know you're doing a good job that that Facebook ad you made I was brilliant like I hope eventually to get to a point where I'm confident enough in my own abilities and my skills where I don't need to rely so much on that but I'm definitely not there yet and I don't know if I ever will be
1: yeah I don't I, I think if you're someone that that needs external verification it can be really difficult because there's a fine line isn't there between being able to say to yourself yeah you're doing okay and then being blind to improvement mm. or blind to development and that's yeah. what you know you identify those blind spots where we worry that we're going to get found out and where we worry about um different sort of you know people are going to find out People are going to find me out is something that I often hear people say about imposter syndrome and that's what goes through my head. They're going to find me out. Well, what are they going to find out?
0: When I was in quite a junior role, I joined a company. This is something that helped boost my confidence and get rid of imposter syndrome for a little while. Is that the person that was my line manager was just like... Like a freak of nature like something like i'd never come across management quite like it before like so poor and i'm not one to like normally like call people out quite so badly on poor management and professionalism but it was it was an extreme case i thought and you were going to
1: say they were freakishly good
0: no 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 freakishly bad um but after that after they'd been they were removed from the company after a few weeks it was that bad but after that i was thinking to myself if someone like that that is so bad (laughs) at their job (laughs) can get them and they've been in some amazing companies before and they went on to a brilliant company after here albeit they didn't stay very long but i was just thinking to myself wow if they can like you know bullshit their way into these big jobs i'm gonna be all right and I had this moment of being like, I'm if if they're able to get these jobs that I aspire to be in and they are that way in their jobs, like the bar is so low. <laughs> I'm going to be able to get in. <laughs> Things are all right. I'm okay because I'm not sure if this is in the
1: spirit of what we're trying to encourage people to do. <laughs> Compare yourself to the lowest possible common denominator and then say, I'll be all right after that. But yeah, I mean, people do. But do you know what you said there? about um they're never there very long Mm. because they get found out yeah they do get found out and Mm. they have to move on and you'll often see that in people that aren't great at what they do because there are some Mm. people out there that aren't great at what do you know most of us get by most of us are okay at what we do we're good at what we do but some people aren't and you will see that they do tend to move on really quickly because they get found out after about six months yeah. You can normally blag it for 6 months, can't you? But mm. after that, then the reality sets in and um
0: yeah. So if you've been in your role for 6 months or more, then you're good. Yeah. You're, you're good. You're if you've of...
1: got past that 6 months point, you're okay. Mm.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I do wonder if it's those people that have these worries are like the people that are least likely to be bad at their jobs.
1: I read something um in in preparation for this podcast because we we do prepare, don't we? Yeah. Seems it seems like it naturally flows, <laughs> and we just just fling it out there. But but that actually, um, imposter syndrome occurs most in high performers and perfectionists. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. It wow. is genuinely um, high performers and perfectionists that tend to suffer most with or experience, I should say, imposter syndrome.
0: Wow, that sort of blown my mind a little bit, and I'm quite. Like, that's really encouraged me, actually. That means like, we're high performers. Yeah, we're high performers, Yay! we're great. <laughs> that's totally flipped over from being a, an imposter there. But no, I love that. That's really, really good to hear. And on that very perfect note... That brings us on to what has inspired us this week. And so Sarah is going to go first in this series of the podcast and share some resources that have inspired her related to imposter syndrome.
1: There's a couple of good books that I found really useful. Um, one is called Start Now, Get Perfect Later, which if you are a perfectionist listening to this, it will really resonate because one of the problems with perfectionism is that you just keep starting and you keep trying to get it perfect before you actually do anything. Mm. Um, So this is really good for that. Um, And the other one is beyond imposter syndrome, which is the one you said that you keep getting advertised um, and audio booked and what have you. So um, beyond imposter syndrome is really good at just sort of helping you bust out of some of that negative thinking. And I've shared that actually with a number of people who are going into really big roles that Say, oh i don't know how i got here i don't know how i got this um so yeah it's a great read
0: those sounds like brilliant suggestions and i'm sure we'll all go off and listen to those that sounds really good thanks so much for sharing that so that brings us to the end of today's episode we hope you enjoyed it if you do please send us your feedback via instagram or we're now active on linkedin so please go and give us a follow there um, and let us know what you think but we'll be back in a fortnight with another episode so see you then bye see you then
1: bye